This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. What's the best way to reduce? Eat plenty or starve yourself? 30 pounds in just 18 weeks, Jenny Craig totally worked. I love to eat, but overeating made it impossible to lose weight. That's my body works. wants bread, and I'm going to give my body what it wants. Oh my God. <laughs> so I naturally. Medical studies prove that overeating is the number one reason for weight gain. If you eat, you're going to lose weight. You're going to lose weight. You're going to lose weight. Welcome to Fat Camp. A podcast that throws a comedy eye over our societal obsession of diets. Now, a little disclaimer, we are not health experts, but we are fad diet connoisseurs. I'm your host, comedian Grace Mulvey. And I'm your co-host, Connor Dowling. Welcome to Fad Camp. I see 17 on mine, and I'm like, great! I was like, all we need is 24! So I look at Sean is 23. I'm like, that's only 40. One pound shy of being above the yellow line. Sione, you have lost 23 pounds. Felipe, you lost 17 pounds. Thanks, guys. That walk down from that scale wasn't anything to celebrate because we knew that we were not going to make it above that yellow line. Tonight was our last night to be together as a team. So what they're saying there is, if you want to, if like because they're sending a member of every couple mm-hmm. home, yeah, unless you're like the couple that lost the most amount of weight, yes, above the yellow line, yeah. So they they aren't celebrating the fact that one of them lost seventeen pounds, which, by the way, for someone that's just over two stone or twenty three pounds, over one stone. Oh, just over one 14 stone. Sorry. Pounds, yes, one apologies. Stone, yeah. yeah, just over one stone and twenty three pounds, which is like five pounds shy of two, uh, mm, of two, two stone, stone. Yeah, in a week. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, but we're not over the yellow line. I know. We didn't lose the highest yeah, that's percentage. a failure. That's a failure. Yeah. So one of them has to go home. That's what I mean. Yeah. They are messing with people's heads. Mm-hmm. So that even when they're going, oh, it's great that you lost weight, but oh, not enough. Mm-hmm. You're a pound shy, which means you're a failure. Yeah. Like, yeah. it is messing. Now, also, the extreme weight loss, 17 pounds and 23 pounds is not normal yeah. <laughs> for a week. Can I just say, if the you- highest weight loss was 32 pounds in that one episode. Sure. Of one person. One person. Yeah. And then the guy who went to hospital, Jerry, the 63-year-old, he lost 25 pounds. Oh my God. So Better just... remove one of his kidneys. You know, so <laughs> that's fair enough. Kidney weighs about five pounds. Yeah. And Gillian, no one said, oh, that's kind of alarming for a man who was just in hospital. Yeah. Gillian goes, that's such a victory. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, how is that a victory? He's 63 years old. 25 pounds, I'd be alarmed. I will say, you know, we are dealing with people whose weights are in the... 300, yes, 350 yeah, plus yeah. category. When you go on, an, as like, like I was saying before, yeah. you know, your first week of any fad diet, uh, extreme exercise program, even just yeah. a general exercise program, yeah. you're going to see the most kind of weight loss results. But the bigger number you start off with, yeah. the bigger that first number. You know, so if you're starting off at a weight of like 200 pounds and you lose like 30 pounds your first week, it's like, holy shit, you know, that's yeah. that's too much. Yeah. That's scary. But if you're in that kind of plus 350, 400. Yeah, it's all relative. Like, it's yeah, re- yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, relative, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So and that's why they go by percentage. Mm-hmm. So, right, so okay. that's why like it'll be like for the team, it'll be like you're... Five point three percent weight loss this week. Right, do you know okay. what I mean? Like that's why yes. they do by, by the percentage because you're going to have smaller people oh, yeah. in smaller amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like those numbers, by the way, it is absolutely convoluted, mm-hmm. and they make it seem week to week. But apparently, and we're going to go into this now. Okay, maybe not so much. What? Okay, da-da-da. so I want to go into the people who took part in this, and not only the people, the contestants, but the but the trainers. I want a little history of the oh. trainers and presenters. Let's see your credentials, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby, booby, baby, baby. Other than, other than acting school, which I think you might have flunked out of. <laughs> yeah, his acting is way over the top. It's like vaudeville acting <laughs> when he reacts to people's weight. It's weights. like a mime. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> wiggle, woggle. Okay, this might surprise you. The original presenter for the US Biggest Loser. Do you know who that was? Yes. Who else? That's why I was wondering why she's not on this show. Yes. She quit after three seasons or okay. left the show or so whatever. That must have been when I saw it on the show. Yeah. Hilda. Hilda from Sabrina oh. the Teenage Witch, Caroline Ree, the actress yes, who played Caroline Aunt Ree, yeah. Hilda in Teenage 
Spring of the Teenage, which was the presenter for the first three seasons. Right, okay. So that's that's my memory of it. So when I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, where yeah. is Hilda? Yeah, but the presenter that's on I think her name is Alison. She's been like the main presenter sure, for years. Sure, okay, right. Wow. So Caroline left the show for whatever. I don't know if she was fired on her, you know, why. But she said the actress said she was uncomfortable in her hosting gig during the first three seasons of the show. She was not a fan of the competitive and often cutthroat atmosphere the show promoted. Right. She said... The drama, the tension, the manipulation, it's not for me. Wow. That says something. Because when yeah. I saw that she wasn't into that, I was really yeah, surprised. Totally. Like, yeah. Um, but it's it's telling that she said mm-hmm. that. The mm-hmm. manipulation of the show she really wasn't happy with. Yeah. Okay. So let's go into the trainers. Oh, let's do it. I'm gonna start with Gillian Michaels. Now listen, you might know Gillian Michaels. If you don't, you've definitely seen her, you definitely see her face at some point. She is kind of one of the global trainers, superstars that came out Fitness of the early personality. Losses. Fitness personality. Gillian Michaels is an American personal trainer, businesswoman, author, and television personality from Los Angeles. Los Angeles. California. Okay. I'm going to give you a little taste of Gillian's style. I would describe Gillian myself as like the Simon Cowell of personal okay. training. Wow. The way she talks to contestants, you'd honestly swear that they had murdered her family. Okay. Wow. <laughs> It is. She has a certain way of talking to contestants. Oh my God. I think she has a personal vendetta. I, I believe she did. Uh, she was heavier when she was younger. No which way. Which really? a, a lot of personal trainers. That's amazing. A number of personal trainers tend to be, It's an, I would see internalized phobia. You can imagine her talking to herself this way. Well, because was I was immediately, because I like, you know, just to make a pure judgment based on her behavior and yeah. everything I know about her so far from just watching her on the show. I thought she had a bit of a mean girl vibe to her. So I was like, oh, I could totally picture her being one of the sort of, you know, popular sporty students in school making fun of the fat kids. But to hear that she was actually a fat kid, it's almost kind of cliche in a sense. It is, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That you're like, oh, I was fat and therefore I said, one day I said, never again. And I got fit and I made fat people's lives a living hell because how dare I do that to myself? I mean, they do that to themselves. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, It is really interesting to see a lot of people in the health and wellness and I use that in um, inverted commas wellness wellness well 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 who was a fat person before <laughs> <laughs> but who have had weight in the past and really internalised it puke or die keep walking I don't care about makeovers I don't care about your family I don't care about anything all I care about is that your ass gets smaller that's all that I care about ten more ten more ten more ten more I don't care if you both die on this floor. You better die looking good. Let's go. Back hurts. That's a bummer. Guess what else is going to hurt? Everything! She kind of reminds me of uh, Linda Hamilton in The Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah, she does, actually. That is, She really looks like her, actually. That's mad. Okay. Except Sarah so Connor is nicer. I'm going to use some of her quotes there. We heard one of them. Oh but God. basically... For 12 years, Gillian Michaels would motivate her team hurling insults and verbally threatening contestants as they attempted to meet their weight loss targets. Now, here are a selection of her quotes. We heard one there. I don't care if people die on this floor. You better die looking good. Another quote. I'm proud that I made him vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. This is another one. If you don't run, I will pull Alex on the floor and I will break every bone in his body. What? Oh my God. Is he talking about somebody's child? I have a gun to your son's <laughs> yeah, head. So you better get get on that treadmill. I don't care if one of your legs fall off or if one of your lungs explode. <laughs> the only way you're com- <clears throat> the only way you're coming off this damn treadmill is if you die on it. Okay? Last one. In a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> you're only leaving this gym in a body bag. <laughs> I will kill your mother, your father, your your dog. One phone call, your family says bye-bye. I've got a guy sitting outside your family's house. And he is a trained killer. He'll be in and out, no one will ever see him. The contestant is like signaling to the camera, like, help me. 
Last one. It's fun watching other people suffer like that. Oh my God, sadistic. Sad- absolutely sadistic. But like performatively sadistic. Exactly. You know, like I don't yeah. believe anyone's actually that mean, but yeah. she thinks that this is what is required, this tough love thing. Yes. Maybe someone treated her like that and it yeah. worked for her. You know, not that that's a good thing if, if that's what yeah. it took to get that small ass, which she seems <laughs> to be, you know, like, but she, she said, be- all, all, I don't care about your family, I don't care about your life, your job, all I care is that your ass is smaller. Why? Why do you yeah, care what size yeah, yeah, my yeah, ass is? Yeah, and also she must be fuming at the Kardashians because they've yes. made big butts better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they've made them in vogue again. She must be fuming. She was like, I was trying to get those asses smaller. Yeah. You've ruined my life's work. <laughs> this is what I've been working towards my whole life. I'm, I'm a sculptor. I sculpt <laughs> people's asses. I'm an artiste. <laughs> my medium is the fat ass. Sorry. I like a pancake butt. Okay, I want a flat. <laughs> okay, I'm going to, uh, this uh, This is another clip here. I'm going to preface this clip for you. Basically, the contestants is working out with Gillian and the contestants essentially having the crack. Like, right. She's kind of just having fun. She's enjoying herself. But Gillian views this as like not being intense enough yeah. and so not taking it seriously. Why aren't you like, taking this seriously? Yeah, why aren't you crying? This is your health we're talking yeah, about. Why here. aren't you vomiting? They're boxing and the woman, once again, is kind of messing about. She's moving her body though. <laughs> like that's the thing, she's kind of moving her body. She's boxing gloves, but she's having the crack and Gillian's fuming. Oh, how and, dare you? And basically she won't, she keeps dropping her arms. So if you are boxing, you always have your like... Guard. You always have your guard up. Yeah. <laughs> you always have your, you know, your two uh, boxing... Fists. Fists. Why can't I use words? You, you have like your gloves up around your face, but she keeps dropping an arm. So this is what Gillian does to... Because she thinks this is absolutely... her roundhouse kick. <laughs> <laughs> right in the jaw. That's what happens when you drop your guard for a second, you imagine, fuck. Imagine she bites her ear like... <laughs> That's what happens. It's <laughs> fucked up out there in the streets. Yeah, There's my, prison rules, bitch. I'm I'm, I'm the Mike Tyson of trainers, <laughs> and I will I will eat your ear. Okay, so this is what she does. We're gonna play a little game. Every single time she throws that jab, and her left hand doesn't come back to her face down the left side of her, smack her in the face. Okay. <laughs> right here. Don't smack me for nothing. Smack her in the her. face. She'll smack me. You'll see if I it. Do the it. minute the left hand comes down here, smack her in the face. I'm... Jab. Jab. Amazing how the form changes, isn't it? Jab cross. She was on really hit her. Yeah, good. Jab cross. I'm just keeping her hands up. Jab cross. Turn your back foot. Jab cross. Oh, it's incredible how suddenly she's Muhammad Ali. Everything is like half-assed and phoned in and like messed up and then it's like hee-hee funny and it's just... It's exhausting. It's just... So basically, this girl is like having the cracks, dropping her arm and she gets another contestant, her sister, and was like, come over here. Every time she drops her arm, Slap her in the face. And she says it three times. Hit her in the face. Hit her in the face. Now, what in God's name Mm. are you doing? Like, what are you talking about? You are essentially saying, hit this woman. What does that have to do with With, losing uh, weight? And moving your body. Like, it's movement. Mm -hmm. Whatever movement is to you, it is movement. Mm -hmm. You are going to destroy a person's relationship with fitness. If you treat fitness as something that is horrendous Mm -hmm. and to be endured but not enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. her way of doing it. Like, God, yeah, God forbid someone has fun while working out with you in a gym. It's like, no, this is not about having fun. This, having fun is what got you into this yeah, position in the first yeah, place. Yeah, definitely. Now drop um, and give me a million. A fucking million. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is another one here that I found really interesting, okay? This person, as I said before, there was the temptations, okay? This person won a temptation and or a challenge, whichever it was. Okay. And her prize is to get to go home to see her husband. Okay. You know? But this is Gillian's reaction. I question if you have enough autonomy at this point to deal with a conflict, this might not go perfectly. I wonder if this might make you homesick. I wonder if this might make you guilty. I wonder if this might sabotage you in certain ways. Mandy's already expressed to me that she has issues about feeling guilty and selfish about being here and that her husband isn't thrilled about the whole process. And I just think it could be dangerous for her right now. In in certain instances, spouses will have this unspoken pact of okay you're gonna be overweight and you're gonna be unhealthy and I'm gonna love you anyway and then then I'm not gonna be threatened that you're gonna leave me and this is the agreement we have this is a pivotal life-changing experience in which they're not really a part of 
and you will try to bring them in and try to explain and some of them will get with the program quick and jump on the bandwagon and others will really wow. struggle with it. So that's a pretty interesting worldview. That's a very interesting worldview. So Gillian is essentially saying, my by the way, my sister listened to that, okay, yesterday and she goes, that's what cult leaders say yeah. when people try and leave. Yeah. They go, yeah, but your friends and family at home are going to say that they love you as you are yeah. and they're going to want you to stay. They don't want you to get better. <laughs> we, we want you to get yeah, better. exactly. They're trying to sabotage you. All your friends and family and loved ones and the people who've known you your whole life are trying to sabotage you. Not me here. Holy person you've shit. met a few weeks ago. <laughs> that is spot on, Anna. Uh, yeah, when Anna said that, I was like, oh, I was laughing my whole life. I was like, that's exactly what that's, a cult yeah. leader says. And once again, the cult uh, comparison comes up in the oh, weight loss world. You all know? the time. It is again and again. It's like, a, it, you know, we were joking earlier about my religious affiliation. I wasn't joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing like, I, I pray to the church of the biggest loser. You know, there is a huge thing about religion and the kind of the, I suppose, like the deity of fitness and mm. the, the body and the temple that is your body. There's a real link there. Like people replacing possibly a spiritual uh, yeah. spirituality with a body obsession, that mm-hmm. their body is a temple and that it can't be ruined and all this sort of stuff. And it's really interesting that she's like, your husband can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. Basically that like her husband is, is missing her. She's missing her husband. And her husband's kind of like not really into this whole thing of her going yeah. off to a ranch yeah. and losing hundreds of pounds in a really sh- short space of time. To me, that's like, well, maybe he actually does have her best interest mm-hmm. at heart. And the fact that Julian's like, he just says he'll love you the way he is, but you're fat so that you'll never leave him. That is a horrendous. That's so, that's so like toxic and yeah. manipulative. Yeah. And again, very cult leaderish And... It really does kind of make you think as well. It does kind yeah. of make you go like, fuck, like, where is this coming from? Yes. You know, like, yes. what has she yeah. observed or internalized, you yeah. know, or what, is that her actual belief? Yeah. You know, and if so, that's that's quite a scary thing. Her belief is no one could actually love a fat person. Like, as in like, she's like, the reason your husband wants you fat is so you'll never leave him. Yeah. Because no one else would want a fat person. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what mm-hmm. she's saying to her. Mm-hmm. Not that your husband actually yeah. desires you the way yeah. you are. It's a it's a mental thing. But I I want to talk about there's a a Los Angeles based trainer called Harley Pasternak. Right, this is from a Guardian okay. article, who was originally hired as the first trainer on the show in 2004, but quit before the show was ever uh, filmed. Right. In an interview with the, Guardian, with the Guardian, Harley said that during the show's development phase, he formed reservations and pulled out before filming began, right? And he said, the more I learned about it, the less it seemed like it would be a good idea for me. Harley has a, a master's degree in exercise science and said the dramatization of weight loss with people and quoting, screaming, yelling and crying worried him. He also expressed concerns over potential injuries due to overexercising. He's not the only trainer to have turned down a role on the show due to ethical reasons, okay? He said, these entertaining scenarios make for great television, but it's not for someone who's concerned with making people healthy. The final straw, he said, was when producers cast Los Angeles-based personal trainer Gillian Michaels alongside him. He said, the last straw was when they cast an actress opposite me. He said of Michaels, though Michaels does have some personal training, you know, personal training certifications. Harley does not see her as a professional. Mm. He said, I was going up against a TV trainer, not a real one. Michaels went on to be the show's trainer for dozens of seasons, allowing her to build a multi-million dollar fitness empire. She left The Biggest Loser in 2014 and we're going to talk about kind of one of the reasons why she left uh, and started a new reality TV show about her personal life called Just Gillian, another show I have to do an episode on because it's absolutely hot mess express. Fitness experts have repeatedly called Michaels called out Michaels's practices on the biggest loser, called them into question. An indoor cycling instructor took Michaels to task for removing the saddle on stationary bikes to motivate contestants so that they couldn't sit. Mm-hmm. Right? In 2013, Michaels was chastised for giving team members caffeine pills to help them drop weight. On the show? On the show. Dang. Behind the scenes. Wow. Okay. This was another one that really got me. Okay. And this is very recent. In 2020, Ginny Michaels made some comments about Lizzo. 
that got a lot oh, of how backlash. Dare you. How dare you? Lizzo is my new god. Don't go, <laughs> don't touch Lizzo. How dare you? How dare you? She she said of Lizzo, why are we celebrating her body? Why does it matter? Why aren't we celebrating her music? Because it is it isn't gonna be awesome if she gets diabetes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest. Like, I love her music. Like, my kids love her music. But there's never a moment where I'm like, I'm so glad she's overweight. Why do I even care? Why is it my job to care about her weight? Yet, Gillian, you've made a lot That's of money whole, apparently caring. Yeah. And I use inverted commas about people's weight. <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you talking That's about? It's your whole thing. It's your whole thing. Why are you commenting on her body yeah. if you don't care? Like, yeah. anyway. So that's a bit of Gillian Michaels. Wow. That's it's the she is a roller coaster of a person. Roller and, and it's interesting how, you know, when we were watching those clips, I got the sense that these are people performing what they yep. think is this uh, tough love, hard ass um fitness instructor, and to hear that she's probably, you know, seventy percent actor or actress performing arts type yeah. person who has you know a side gig as a personal trainer you know well I think because I looked up to see if she was an actress she wasn't I think okay. what this trainer was saying was right. that like to me essentially she's an actress okay but like you know she is a personal trainer but he considers her a TV personal trainer not an mm-hmm. to him a real personal mm-hmm. trainer wow. which I just I just thought it was interesting that like we're looking at this and we're going this seems very extreme we're not alone. Mm-hmm. People in the personal training industry are like, this, we wouldn't do this. Yes. So. And w- one thing I will as well kind of say, you know, to not, not in a sense to kind of pin everything on Gillian Michaels, like if this instructor, this uh, previous instructor, sorry, what was his name? Uh, uh, Bob Harper? No. Or no, so uh, Harley Pasternak. Harley Pasternak. Yeah. So let's say him, for example, is being called in to work in the show and he's like, well, this isn't very ethical. This isn't, yeah. you know, how I would operate. Um, that means that there is someone kind of pulling the strings. Oh, absolutely. An executive, yes. a studio, yeah. a company, whatever it is, a team of people who have a vision for this show, of this tough love, absolutely. Simon Cowell-esque, yeah. you know, yeah. reality show. Um, so Gillian Michaels is just the person who kind of fits into that mold as opposed to her being the kind of, even though she's the face of the show. Well, she's saying yes to it. She is saying and yes to it. And that's the thing. Like, but, yeah, but, but she's not the one who's like creating. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it is that thing of like, even like the challenge, she's there like, you know, when they said no one no one's go, is eliminated, but nine of you are going home. Yeah. She's as surprised as anyone else because sure. she's not part of that decision making. She's like, oh, ain't that a bitch. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> but at the same time, it is also, you'll see that they they themselves have limits, but you do wonder, well, your limits were a lot further mm-hmm. out than a lot of other people's yeah. limits were. Um, After what, like 10 seasons, she's like, <laughs> enough is enough. <laughs> I, I, I put up my hand and Listen, I said... I know I've made millions, but this is insane. Uh, what, uh, t- what did she do? 10 seasons, 30 weeks a season? After th- uh, 300 <laughs> weeks of this show, I just thought, no. I have to draw a line yeah. here. Okay, so a little bit about Bob Harper, right? Bob was, the way they kind of, it was like Bobby. almost, Bobby, 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 Bobby. It's um, my guy. My guy. The way they kind of designed it was like, Gillian was like the hardcore, okay. you know, like the the meanie. And Bob was sort of like considered to be like the nice one, like good right. cop, bad cop. Yeah. Um, go pop back up. That's what they were thinking. That's what they were going with. So Robert Harper is an American personal trainer, reality TV personality and author, Okay. This is one freak out he had that was like at the time considered like even Gillian Michaels was like, oh my God, he freaked out. We and broke Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but just because in comparison to Gillian, he wasn't as harsh doesn't mean he wasn't pushing some pretty toxic stuff. Yeah. He was just sort of doing it with a smile on his yeah. face, okay? Yeah. So I just want to... A wolf in sheep's clothing. Exactly. A wolf in Bob's clothing. Good. Everybody looks good. Do not be sloppy. Finish this strong, Joel. No, Joel, don't do it. Don't do it. Dig, Joel, dig. Ten. F- Joel. Four, three, two, one. What the, f- Joel? Every single time at 20 seconds. Every time. What is it? What is it? Tell me what it is. I am trying and giving you. No, my you're not. You stop at 20 seconds every time. Every time. What is it? I'm giving you my best. No, you're not. You stop at 20 seconds every single time. What is it? Because I've got six other people here that want to be here that keep pushing outside of the box. What is it? I'm pushing. 
No, you're not. Don't say it. Don't say you're pushing because you're not. You're stopping every single time. And that's stopping. And it never left. Every single you time. You asked for six No, points. then do it. Do it now, okay? Everyone goes for 30 seconds. You don't come off for 30 seconds, okay? That's all I'm asking. Just do that. What a prick. What a prick. And that poor woman looked scared. She did not look yeah. motivated. And by the way, she was like, I am pushing. Yeah. I'm like, it's her body. She knows if she's pushing. And by the way, 20 seconds of sprinting. Yeah. Is, but, and they're not eating a lot during the day. So 20 seconds of sprinting will take it out of you. And he's like, why aren't you getting 30? Because we're all different. Bob looked like he was working through some shit right yeah. there. I'm sorry, but Bob definitely had some argument with someone. There was morning. some yeah, shit yeah, going yeah. on at home yeah, that yeah. fucking month. And yeah. Bob was taking some shit out on these poor people because yeah. she looked scared. She also looked confused. It was kind of like, dude, where is this coming from? Yeah, and she's just like, I am pushing. He's like, yeah, I'm not. And he kept cursing. Yeah. And I'm sorry, no, can I just say, for anyone out there, no one's allowed to talk to you like that. No. Like, you're not curing cancer here. Like, I'm sorry, but it's like, yeah, he is taking something out on her that I'd say an ex- someone, he's under some pressure, yeah. uh, whether it's the show or something else, and he is taking out on this woman who's like, I am trying my best here. And he's like screaming at her saying, no, you're not. Yeah. And what are you talking about? 20 seconds versus 30 seconds of sprinting. Like, why does that matter so much Why to you, does that Bob? matter? Yeah, actually, if you're trying to get someone healthier, screaming at them that they're not doing 30 seconds, but are doing 20 Applaud them for doing 20 yeah. and doing bloody brilliant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh that was that was concerning. Like, you that know, was so strange. Do you know as well, Janine Michaels afterwards is like smiling and she goes, I've never seen Bob that angry. Isn't like she's delighted. And I... Did you turn on? <laughs> Gollum is saying, oh, my oh, precious. Yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah. changing with corrupted young Bob. He wants the ring. Yeah. So... Just just a little side note. Now, this is serious. But in early 2017, <laughs> serious. On, just, put your serious sorry, cap I'm still on. laughing at you going, he wants the ring. <laughs> he wants the ring. The ring of fat. <laughs> in early 2017, Bob Harper had a heart attack. Oh. At the gym in the middle of a workout. He was only 52 years old. Wow. And one of the biggest names in the fitness industry. So it was a real surprise to everyone. Yeah. After his heart attack, Bob Harper found out that he had a hereditary condition which increases um, the lipoprotein Mm -hmm. A in his blood. Lipoprotein A transports cholesterol into the blood and can contribute to plaque in the arteries and blood clots and can increase your risk of cardiovascular disease. No matter how good your abs are. I don't mean to be be serious, but it's like no matter how fit you look on the outside, your your circulatory system can be playing this thing behind the scenes without you even fucking realising it. Absolutely. And he said to today, I did not know of this condition that I was predisposed to. I'd never heard of it. After his heart attack, he worked with his medical team to make his lifestyle changes that have helped him become healthier. Did anyone scream in his fucking face? face? And he says... I've been in the health and fitness industry for almost 30 years now, but I've had to pivot my life and redefine the way I ate and worked out. I like to eat clean, but when it but it comes a re, it becomes a real experiment in the kitchen because I don't want to eat boring steamed chicken and broccoli. I'm never going to eat like that. That's not sustainable. It angered me so much that this guy who has been in the fitness industry for 30 years, screaming at that woman on a treadmill, now goes, yeah, like, I'd eaten, just eating ch- steamed chicken and broccoli. Not sustainable. These people were on 800 calories a day. 800 calories. serious? I, I'm going to go into what the participants Holy talked about. Shnikes. And he's saying, oh, that's not sustainable. And you know what got to me? They constantly said to people, life or death, life or death. Look, look, look at you, look at, look at you. I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't even need to know anything about your, I don't need to know anything, like like with Ginny Michaels with Lizzo. I don't need to know any, your blood, I don't need to see blood tests. I don't need to see any kind of medical mm-hmm. thing. I know by looking at you're unhealthy. What about Bob? Mm-hmm. You didn't exactly. know by looking at him he was going to exactly. have a heart attack. You keep looking at fat people, you yeah. shout at them, you're going to have a heart attack. And then your fitness trainer here, yeah. friend, has a heart attack. And exactly. That, which that, that's what always gets me. When fat people have any medical issue, it's because you're fat. If a thin person is, Jesus, how could we have known yeah. that he was going to have a med- Because look at him, he's thin. Mm-hmm. So he, thin equals healthy, right? But actually, genetics, as much as we don't want to pretend, play a huge part in our health. Some people are predisposed to heart issues, to dementia, to all sorts of issues. Mm-hmm. And we don't like, we don't like to acknowledge that at all, particularly 
with people who aesthetically look fit. Absolutely. And let's also acknowledge like that, you know, even though these um, heavy people on the show, the contestants may not have underlying things. Yeah. Some of them may also have underlying things exactly. because everybody's different. And so by pushing anybody to yep. extremes, whether they are, you know, fit as a fiddle on the inside, but look, you know, uh, larger yep. on the outside or whether they are large on the outside and have like, say, low blood pressure yep. or a similar heart condition to himself or yep. any number of things that could mean extreme exercise and yep. stress and low um calorie intake yeah. could really uh, damage you, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's it just, it really annoys me because say if, if a person has a heart attack, mm-hmm. immediately they're going like, to go, because oh, you're fat. Yeah. And it's like, well, what if they had the same yeah. lipoprotein A? Yeah. And then they'll go, oh, well, yeah, but the fat thing is probably mm-hmm. the thing. And that's what really annoys me. It's mm-hmm. even her talking, even Jenny Michaels talking about Lizzo. Lizzo is up there dancing. Yeah. How many nights a week doing live performances and singing? So her lung capacity must be something else. Mm-hmm. And then she stands beside Bob and goes, oh, God, Bob had a... But that would mean beyond his control. Yeah. Because yeah. he's thin. And that, it just got me when his heart... And the fact that he even said, oh, I had to pivot and change my lifestyle. The lifestyle you were drilling into these people, screaming mm-hmm. at them, apparently wasn't healthy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, when I read it, I just... And like, I know, like, God bless, like I'm, I'm glad that he's... Okay, that like, are you, though? you know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm not winking. I'm not winking. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the contestants. So, okay, we're almost here. Oh, we're almost near the end here. I just want to talk about the contestants. Contestants have come out and talked about the show since, right? And my God, have they been talking? The first one I'm going to look at is Suze, Suzanne and Men, Mendoka, I think is how you pronounce it. From season, she was a season two contestant. Okay, I'm just going to show you really quickly. She did an interview with Fox News. When you were first, when you first approached The Biggest Loser, uh, they met you, and then what did they tell you to do? They told me if I wanted to be on their reality show that I would need to gain an extra 30 to 40 pounds. You had to get bigger to yes, be on the show. Absolutely. Why do you think that is? Well, they want to see contestants drop a lot of weight during the show. And the bigger the weight, the more numbers you'll see on the scale. Mm-hmm. Completely unhealthy. Absolutely. Now, you came forward in the last couple of weeks because the National Institutes of Health was doing a a study to figure out why so many of the contestants on The Biggest Loser gained the weight back. And and they came up with, because the show is screwing up people's metabolisms. Absolutely. If you see the research study, um, they've ruined people's um, metabolic rate. Their hormones are all out of whack. You know, um, it was only a matter of time before all these contestants would regain their weight. Mm -hmm. They lost the weight too drastically. It's not realistic training eight hours a day, eating 800 calories a day. You're just not going to maintain that in real life. And during the course of the show, you lost how much weight? I lost close to about 100 pounds. I was a size 4. So she just said there she lost over 100 pounds. She was a size 4. So that I worked out was about 7 stone and she'd be in kind of our Irish UK sizes that would have been a size 8. Okay. Okay. That she was. And um, Bob Harper was her trainer. Okay. So what was your reaction to even just hearing that, Connor? Oh, I felt dead inside. Like, yeah. I felt just like I mean, hearing the at this you know at this point in this the, this late stage in the episode, I'm like, it's it's kind of hard to shock me, you know, yeah, because yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. the most yeah. the crazy stuff I've heard and um, but to think of you know being asked to to put on weight like that is madness. Yeah, to be asked yeah. to be to be what they said uh, put on an extra thirty, 30 pounds because it's more so impressive. That's like two stones. And they probably said yeah. to her like, oh, yeah. if you put it on real quick, you'll lose it just as yes. fast, and we'll help you with our team, yeah. and you know you'll fly through it and all of that. You didn't seem surprised by that actually when that came up that she was asked to put on weight. I was surprised when I first heard I, that. Well, to be honest, I think I heard that somewhere before. Right. Do you okay. know what I mean? Okay. Because this stuff is infamous. You yeah. Know, um, yeah. I feel like I have heard that somewhere before, but also yeah just particularly at that time of reality TV it was really like anything fucking goes you know and as you said they want to see those big numbers oh totally it's all about those big numbers now she mentioned the slower metabolism I'm going to talk a bit more about that in a minute because my like really their metabolisms it is that's what the science community are almost like it's a blessing for us that this show exists Mm -hmm. because we get to study how shocking this kind of is it's like a cautionary tale Fireside is the Irish storytelling podcast. 
Every week you'll hear tales of mythic Irish gods, Arthurian knights or Norse Vikings. There is folklore from Ireland and around the world, and even historical legends like Brian Baru and Grainne Whale. Whether from poetry or prose, lyric or legend, if there is a good story at the heart of it, you'll find it here. I'm Kevin C. Olihan. I'm your host and fireside bard. With over 150 episodes and rising, there has never been a better time to join us by the fireside. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. If you want to hear more bonus exclusive content for FadCamp, make sure to log on to Headstuff Plus and for as little as a fiver a month, you can support our show and other shows in the Headstuff Podcast Network and hear exclusive content from FadCamp. That's bonus episodes, photos, videos. It's a really good time, so we hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. Bob Harper would tell me, eat 800 calories. Suzanne, if you eat that many calories, we'll win away in because you're eating less. Um, I would train every single day and vomit on the set. And they said, great, you'll even lose more weight. Again, we'll win another way they in. They were happy to see you yes. throw up. They did not address contestants throwing up on a daily basis. They created eating disorders. They did not try to provide any assistance or help to any of these people because you would not advocate for an 800 calorie a diet in eight hours so a day they, training. They were encouraging you to starve. Yes. And just in the clip as well, you know, should mention that they're showing um, shots of her kind of post weight loss in, you know, the the, the nice dresses and yes. the, the slim yeah. fitting clothes and all of that. And, you know, these are very smiley kind of pictures and these are the things that we see after somebody has gone through this transformation yeah. and they may maintain that physique and appearance and lifestyle for, for a, few, a few months. Sometimes yeah. a few yeah. months. Sometimes it's years. Sometimes yeah. it's a few years. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes, and I'm not just talking about Biggest Loser, I'm talking about people who lose drastic yeah. amounts of weight. Oh, listen, th- there are people who keep weight off. Maintain it for their whole lives. For their whole stuff. lives. But they are, when I say yeah. the minority, the percentages are incredible. It really is the minority. And a lot of those people, I will say, kind of like maintain disordered eating for the mm-hmm. rest of their lives. And, you and know what I mean? if, while you're getting that nice slim fitted dress photograph, and you're smiling for it and you're like, hey, like I'm going to be wearing a bikini on the beach this yeah. summer. There's the fear in your mind. Yeah. There's the this cloud hanging over your head and there's the going, oh, I put up a pound this week. Yeah. Okay. And then that's a gradual increase. It's a scary thing. And it just reminds me of a weight loss show I saw last year or so. It was it was around the, it was to do with people losing weight during the lockdown. And there was a woman who had been honest, probably a woman similar age, you know, um, and she had had extreme weight losses as in she had you know had a bunch of kids put on a lot of weight yeah. lost like a hundred or whatever pounds yeah. and gotten into those like kind of you know uh, slim fitting clothes yeah. and all of that and then put the weight back on again mm. and then done the weight loss again uh, so she had lost like a hundred yeah. pounds like twice in her life and then now she was back on a show having put it on again oh, you know stop. what I mean so it's just like it's scary because particularly when we watch a show like this, you know, even if it's any kind of weight loss show, we only see that six to eight or 10 week or in this case, 30 week period where they are going through the transformation, they lose the weight, they come out of it thinner at the end. You know, yeah. they've, they always lose some amount of weight on these shows yeah. and they're like, you know, given a makeover and they're in yeah. like slim fitting clothes. But then we never hear from them again. I will say, if you are ever starting a diet, which I hope we've turned you off ever doing it, but uh, if you are ever starting a diet, please ask them for research of weight loss over five years. Mm. Ask because they'll they'll tell you what a year, yeah, maybe two. Totally, they'll tell you what they're they're like eighty seven percent. Best I can do is two years. <laughs> yeah, do you know why? Because they don't want to know. Yeah, at people after oh, after forgotten. Time. they've forgotten. So Bob Harper was her trainer and doctor. Hanzinka, who is the same doctor that I could see even this, the episode we went through, she stated that many of the men she heard took diet pills and diuretics, which are pills that help your, rid your body of sodium yeah. and water during the show. Yeah. She said at one point that these two men said to her that if you, that she's di- dehydrated, she wasn't feeling well or something, she's like, you're dehydrated, so you need to digest two tablespoons of baking soda. Oh, right, yeah. To retain water weight to manipulate the weigh-ins. Yeah. So she was told oh. to do that. She to said about, retain water weight. Yeah, because sometimes they'd want to manipulate. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why they'd want okay. to manipulate it. She said about five contestants during her season were sent to the hospital. Um, all of the claims she made, by the way, during that interview, the show denied. Um, according to Suzanne, in an interview with the New York Post, 
the extreme weight loss tactics used on the show led to a high relapse rate. And she says, would explain why The Biggest Loser are reluctant to do a reunion show because we're all fat again, right, <laughs> as she okay. stated. Now, Kai Hibbard, this woman, she's a season three contestant, is very outspoken about the show. She said it was the biggest mistake of her life, she told The Guardian. As part of the application process, she was told she had to sign a non-disclosure agreement with the show, which is never, by the way, a good sign. An NDA, me to me, means something's gone wrong in this show. Forbidding well, her. Well, you know, I would actually say that in so many professional situations in film and TV stuff, yeah. it's kind of standard practice. Yeah. You know, like right. like even like certain kind of writing jobs, for example, you might get hired by like a production company or studio. You're developing like an IP like a, a remake of something. Right. And it's like your NDA says, I can't talk about this okay. until it comes out. So you're like, yeah, okay, I'll sign okay. an NDA. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's kind yeah. of, you can Should get... Should I get an NDA for the show with you? I think so. Oh Did my you not? I already signed, I signed a prenup. <laughs> I signed a prenup for the show. <laughs> yeah, we, we've we been married this yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like, so while I'm saying it's not a good thing, it's, you know, I know it's, what you mean. it can okay. be slid under the rug as kind of common practice. Like, oh, okay. you know, it's just standard practice signing an NDA. No, you can never talk about anything we ever do in the show. And, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so it's it, the NDA was to forbid her from speaking publicly mm. about the show without first getting approval from a public relations representative right. from NBC. Yeah. But her experience basically prompted her to talk about it and she's received several cease and desist letters from the network and she hasn't taken into account. In the interview with The Guardian, she described incessant fat shaming by trainers, ridiculous exercise regimens that were done solely for entertainment purposes, like the challenge that I talked about with the big feckin' sand mountain, Um, dehydration for weigh-ins and manipulation by producers to pick winners and create villains. She said, in my season, there was a woman named Heather who was made to look like a combative, lazy bitch. But in reality, she had a torn calf muscle and had developed bursitis in both knees. And I don't know what that is. And um, when she refused to run, they edited it to make her look lazy. All right. According to her, the show's producers try to lead viewers to believe contestants have lost weight faster than they have. Nobody on the show lost 20 pounds in a week, she said. Once a week was actually three weeks because of a shooting schedule. Wow. So that was also interesting because a lot of people, you know, I would watch it and go, he yeah. lost 30 pounds in a yeah. week, that's mad. So that, that's achievable. Yeah, exactly. If only I followed yes. their, their um, you know, regime. What about regime. someone that, that same size would totally. think, oh, why am I losing 30 pounds yeah. in a week? Oh my God. She also said... I mean, why even do that? Why why not just say we're doing it as a on a three week period? You know, like why it has to make all, it more impressive. All diets and weight loss companies will always market these unachievable, mm. insane results yeah. because they want you to think you're failing if you don't get them. I used to think when I was on my nose in motivation. Remember we had oh, motivation. motivation. Episode, my 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 biggest motivation. <laughs> Here I go again. <laughs> My, my, I had a breakdown, <laughs> motivation. But, um, you know, I remember thinking, even at my lowest weight, because I didn't have a flat stomach mm-hmm. and because, sure. I ha- because I was still like a few pounds away from, my, from the goal of my BMI, mm-hmm. I was failing. Totally. People in the photos have flat stomachs. I didn't have a flat stomach. Mm-hmm. So to me, I was like, fa- so that's, all, there's all, you're always failing. You're always missing the mark. Um, she said contestants engaged in dehydration tactics prior to weigh-ins to make it look like they had lost more pounds. Yeah. We put on a ton of clothes, shut all the doors and windows and would work out for two or three hours to sweat out as much weight as we could, she said. Like uh, UFC fighters trying to cut weight for a, a weigh-in or something. Exactly. She said uh, the, the contestants are pushed to do daily workouts that are approximately, and this is just in the article, 10 times the amount that is recommended by the American College of Sports Medicine, right? By the end, she said, I was working out six to eight hours a day and eating about a thousand calories or less. I bled through my shoes in the first three weeks. Oh Nearly God. every person in my season had injuries. I was crazy sick. I ended up with thrush because my immune system crashed. She said, we women weren't allowed to wear a T-shirt until we lost enough weight to earn one. You had to wear a sports bra. It was freezing at night when we did the weigh-ins and we were at, we asked for shirts and they gave us pasties to hide our nipples. Pasties, what's that? So that's like sort of like a cover for your nipple that you put under your bra. Do you know like, remember oh, Rachel right. and Friends just was like nipples out all the well, time. she didn't wear a bra. <laughs> she didn't wear a thing. bra. So like in the sports bra, you would see a person's nipple if it was too cold. So you'd put like, a, it's almost like a little bit of material over yeah. your nipple that would stick to it. Um. People do who run marathons because they're chafing and their nipples bleed because marathons are hilariously ridiculous. Um, 
Although I've done it twice, whatever. What? <laughs> what? You've have I ever mentioned What? Um, photography was used to instill shame as well, right? Hibbert said they would blow up photos of her arms, stomachs and thighs oh decorating her house to show... Wait, decorating her what? The house that they were staying in, the ranch, to show how gross we were. That is... That's so fucked up. This is, is like some mind game... I'm telling you. Like experimental shit. You yeah. know, this is weird. Um, and the producers wanted them to be disgusted with themselves. They wanted Hibbert to cry for the camera when at the end of the season they stood her next to a life-size cutout of what she looked like on day one and they were livid when they didn't get their camera-friendly breakdown. Ryan, but this is a few other, just a few little things. Ryan Benson, who was the winner of the show's inaugural season, told the New York Times that, he, that to win he dehydrated himself so badly he urinated blood. In oh 2009, God. contestant Tracy Ewick oh collapsed after being made to run a mile and had to be airlifted to the hospital. It was sold as being heat exhaustion, but Hibbard told her, said her sources reported that Tracy suffered from rhabdomyolysis, which we discussed. Excuse me, rhabdomyolysis. Rhabdomyolysis, <laughs> I always get it wrong. Rhabdomyolysis, which we discussed in our CrossFit episode. Oh, it's come up oh. so many times. A serious and potentially fatal condition that can be caused by overexertion. At the beginning of season eight, at the beginning of season eight, competitors were immediately given a challenge to run a mile. During the ensuing footage, foot race, two collapsed and were hospitalized. And Dr. Rob Zinka, our favorite doc who takes part in The Biggest Loser, said to the New York Times, if we had to do it over, we wouldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, as I said, in 2014, Gillian Michaels quit the show. Okay. Um, I can't wait to find out how, how, what caused her. How much of her salary was being cut that made her finally say no. So in 2014, after season 15 winner Rachel Fredrickson weighed in at an emaciated 105 pounds. Oh, sweet Jesus. A visibly shocked Michaels quit the show. Now, it says for the third time, with people reporting that she was deeply concerned that attention wasn't being paid to the contestants' health. Rachel Fredrickson lost 60% of her body weight over the course of the show. So this is what Michael said. We are allowed to speak to our contestants after they go home. So after, like, they do this thing where, like, after a certain amount of weeks and they've lost a certain amount of weight or whatever, they go home for a few weeks before the finale. Right. So it's to sort of make sure that they can do it on their own at home and see how they're getting on alone, But then it also means that we don't see them for a few weeks while they lose more weight. So when they come back, it'll be an even more uh, impressive weight Exactly, exactly. You're so, yeah. Um, she said, we are allowed to speak to our contestants after they go home, but no one told me, hey, Rachel is very, very thin. Bob and I had no idea. Nobody told us. Nobody said anything to us. So yes, I was stunned. Michaels um, was not Fredrickson's trainer explained. Obviously, I thought she'd lost too much weight, but I, me- I was immediately concerned and wondering how this happened, how no one had said something to me and how the checks and balances that had been put into place, in my opinion, had fallen through the checks and balances. I don't know what checks and balances she's absolutely talking about. The show... Rachel Fredrickson was 105 pounds. They put her next to in the finale. This is dystopian now. A hologram of her at her heaviest when she first. What the actual fuck? On stage. So this is her standing there, 105 pounds, like waving, standing beside her hologram of her heavier, and she's giving a disapproving look to it, like sort of waving it goodbye. Oh my God. Connor. That is so fucked up. That's what caused Ginny Michaels to leave the show. Like that. It took a hologram <laughs> for her to finally say no. She's like, the future is now. So. But hang on. Okay. But then the show ends two years later, two seasons later. Two th- yeah, because that was 2014. So 2000, and by the way, came back, is, is back in 2020. Mm. Because when I hear that she left the show, and I don't like it's pure speculation on my part, like, but when I hear that she left the show so close to it ending, I can't, I can't help but feel like obviously we're not getting the full story, you know, because mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm, NDAs and mm-hmm. there's all sorts of stuff happen, happening behind the scenes. But it just seems a little bit convenient yes. that it ends yep. so soon after. It's almost like this is a sinking ship. I need to escape. Yes. And this is my. This is what my publicist says. It's yep. like, use that as your, oh, enough was enough moment. She you sees know? the writing on the wall, mm. for sure. That's what I, I would think that too. Um, I'm going to talk about one other guy and then just quickly about the metabolism issue. 
Danny Cahill won season eight, okay? Danny Cahill. Danny Cahill. He lost £239 in seven months. £239. Holy shit. I can't even do the math on that on what that is in stone. That's a million pounds every day (laughs) for a month. Or for seven months. But in the years since the show, more than £100 have crept back on, okay? Despite his best Mm -hmm. efforts. In fact, most of season 16's 16 contestants have regained much of the weight they lost Mm -hmm. and some are heavier now. Before before the show began, contestants underwent medical tests to be sure they could endure the rigorous schedule that lay ahead. Mr. Cole exercised seven hours a day, burning 8,000 to 9,000 calories, according to a calorie tracker the show gave him. He took electrolyte tablets to replace the salts he lost through sweating. Sorry, he was exercising seven or eight hours a day on the show? Yeah, that's what they do on the show. Seven or eight hours a day. Um, that's insanity. and by the way on, on like 800 or 1000 calories if you had athletes athletes might do that and they'd be on 10,000 calories totally you know? totally eventually he and the others were sent home for four months to try to keep the weight off before the finale yeah. he Mr. Cockle set a goal of a 3,500 calorie deficit per day when he was at home the idea was to lose a pound a day he quit his job as a land surveyor to do it. Oh okay. my God, because it's a full-time job if you're is. working out seven hours a day and losing weight tracking all of your nails. Yeah. Exactly. This was his routine. And I'm going to tell you because this routine is to some people, to a lot of us, So I can extreme. do it myself. That's what you're telling me. Okay, fine, Grace, fine. It's a new year, new, new me. me. I'm quitting my job. Let's do this. Please never do this. His routine went like this. Wake up at 5 a.m., run on the treadmill for 45 minutes, have breakfast, typically one egg and two egg whites, half a grapefruit and a piece of sprouted grain toast. Run on a treadmill for another 45 minutes, rest for 40 minutes. Oh Bike ride nine miles to the gym, work out for two and a half hours. Ride home, eat lunch, typically skinless chicken breast and a cup of broccoli, 10 spears of asparagus, which of course Bob now thinks is totally unsustainable. Unsustainable. Rest for an hour, drive back to the gym for another round of exercise. If he hadn't burned enough calories to hit his goal, he would go back to the gym after dinner to work out some more. At times he found himself running around his neighbourhood in the dark until his calorie burn indicator had reset to zero. I would rather be dead (laughs) than have that as my life. I would rather be too fat to fit in a coffin than have that as my life. I'm sorry for the graphic imagery, but... (laughs) Come on, yeah. come on, 5am yeah. and all of that working out, all of that, like, like, how is that better than just being kind of fat? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How is it better? How is that better? How is, that better? How is your how life is, better? Yeah. Do you know what gets me as well? They're like, before I was miserable. Yeah. Now you're miserable, but you're just That's, running around but more. Now, but maybe you have a photo of yourself in a tight yeah. t-shirt or something yes. like that. Great. Good for yeah. you. The but, only difference oh is God. now you're getting compliments. Yeah. Your life is as miserable, but now you're getting compliments and that's why it's considered better. But you know what? That's hellish. It's, it is hellish. And I but feel terrible. I feel terrible for this person. And because you're in a trap. Yes. You're in a trap because you've set this terrible foundation by all, doing all of this extreme exercise and extreme dieting that, you know, even if you were to go, you know what, I'm just going to stop all of that tomorrow. Your weight would balloon back so fast and so astronomically and exponentially that before you know it, you would have gained back, your, what, 239 pounds. Oh, yeah. With severe interest. And then yeah. you're really like facing trouble, you what, know? What it takes now for him to maintain his weight, and I'm going to go into it's it terrifying. because of his metabolism, yeah. is, is terrifying. Um, basically, and that, by the way, this is also what happens when you dangle 250,000 in front of people um, as like a prize. On the day of the weigh-in in the show's finale, Mr. Cahill and others dressed carefully to hide rolls of loose skin that remained yeah. after they lost weight. Mm-hmm. They had compression undergarments to hold mm-hmm. it in. Mr. Call knew he could not maintain his final weight, right? But he was so mentally and physically exhausted, he barely moved for two weeks after his publicity tour ended. Because he won, he, you know, he had to do a big, massive publicity tour, became a motivational speaker. But he started a new career as a motivational speaker, as the biggest loser. And for the next four years, he managed to main, to keep his weight below a certain amount, right? By exercising two to three hours a day. But two years ago, he went back to his job as a surveyor and the pounds started coming back because once again, you go back to your life, mm-hmm. your life, you're not able yeah. to exercise for eight, nine hours a day. Um, Mr. Cahill was the worst off. He regained more than 100 pounds. His metabolism, metabolism slowed so much that just to maintain his current weight, he now has to eat 800 calories a day less than a typical man his size. Anything more burns to fat, turns to fat straight away. He goes, I used to look at myself and think, I am horrible, I'm a monster, subhuman. He began sleeping on a recliner because he was too heavy to sleep lying down. Walking hurt, stairs were agony. And um, Buying clothes is humiliating. 
Sorry, I, this is all after the show, right? This is before the show. Oh, sorry, okay. okay yeah. Yeah. I remember sitting in a dressing room one day and nothing would fit. I looked at the traffic outside in the street and thought, I should just run out in front of a car. And that's when his uh, he went on to the show. What really gets me about him even saying that, okay, a person, and no one, no one should consider themselves subhuman. This guy was having suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on this show, mm. this show that gets him to eat 800,000 calories a day, exercise for eight or nine hours, essentially create an eating disorder mm-hmm. and doesn't deal with the fact that this man hated himself so much yeah. he was considering suicide. Yeah. He goes like, onto the show where they reinforce a lot of those beliefs. Yeah. You know, a lot of those negative self-talk is actually being manifested through yes. these trainers and through the the format of the show. We see as viewers how horrible the trainers talk to them. Imagine how horrible the people pulling the strings talk to them. Yeah. You know, like these producers yeah. who hang up these yeah. unflattering photos in their house yes. and, and yeah. who want them Blow to break down fo- yeah. and probably scream at them when they don't cry because yeah. they've seen a fat picture of themselves. Like, so yeah, so all of his, these these things are being realised and being yeah. brought to life. It's like, yeah. All of your most negative thoughts, mm-hmm. someone outside of yourself is saying to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why even when I was doing research for the show, I was like, oh God, I have mm. to be in a good space. Totally. Because things that I might think of myself, these people who are experts, mm-hmm. quote unquote, the people who have the best lives, quote unquote, and yet are so angry. Yeah. They're screaming at people mm. in a gym. It doesn't make me think that this life is actually very happy considering yeah. you don't seem that happy are saying this. Okay. Fucking hell. Now, as I said, this show has become almost like a scientist's dream for mm-hmm. what <laughs> diets can do to a person's yeah. body. The New York Times in 2016 wrote an article called Bodies Are Fighting to Regain the Weight. Basically, the biggest losers' uh, contestants' bodies are fighting to regain the weight. Mm -hmm. They are actually now Mm -hmm. in a battle with their bodies because their bodies want to regain Mm -hmm. weight. Researchers knew that just, just about anyone who deliberately loses weight, even if they start to normal weight or even underweight, will have a slower metabolism when their diet ends. That's just a fact. People who diet, their metabolism slows down. So they were not surprised to see that the Biggest Losers contestants had slow metabolisms when the show ended. However, the results of how slow their metabolisms went, the researchers said were stunning. They showed just how hard the body fights back against weight loss. It's frightening and amazing, said Dr. Hall, an expert on metabolism. I'm just blown away. It has to do with the resting metabolism, which determines how many calories a a person burns when at rest. When the show began, the contestants, though overweight, um, they say hugely overweight here, um, had normal metabolisms for their size, normal metabolisms Mm. for their size, meaning they were burning a normal number of calories for people of their weight. When it ended, their metabolisms had slowed radically and their bodies were not burning enough calories to maintain their thinner size. What shocked the researchers was what happened next. As the years went by and the numbers on the scale climbed, the contestants' metabolisms did not recover. They did not get back to normal, even Mm -hmm. though they put on weight. They stayed that slow. Not only did they not recover, the metabolisms became even slower. It was as if their bodies were intensifying the effort to pull the contestants back to their original weight. It's a basic biological reality. Despite spending billions of dollars on weight loss drugs and dieting programs, even the most motivated are fighting against their own biology. Mm -hmm. The doctor's show, Robert Hazinga, (laughs) there he is again, Hazinga, says he expected the contestants' metabolic race to fall just after the show, but was hoping for a smaller drop. Um... But maintaining weight loss is difficult, he said, which is why he tells contestants they should exercise at least nine hours a day and monitor their diets to keep the weight off. Nine hours a day? Like, what are, like, how is that ever, like, unless you're like an Olympic athlete? Yeah. Nine hours a day, like, how is that ever, like, sustainable for anyone, ever? What got me, though, was that they said, this is what intentional weight loss Mm -hmm. can do to people. Yeah. This is obviously a very extreme case. Mm-hmm. Sure. But they're they're learning from yeah. this extreme case to actually go, oh yeah, the, people's metabolism mm-hmm. slow down. Your body wants to pull yeah. you back to what your body thinks is your well, normal 
wait. There's there's this thing called set point theory. Yeah. And this is just a theory at the moment, but a lot of people in the medical community believe that our bodies have a sort of internal set point yes. that they think the that the body thinks it should be in yep. terms of its weight and whether that's hormonal or to do with, you know, fat versus muscle, yes. etc. And when it and so it's constantly fighting to stay at that kind of balance. So yep. it's like and that's why you, you know, we see so many things being relative, like yes. a, 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 yes. a, 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 someone who is, you know, um, 400 pounds or more yeah. loses so much weight in their first week, just like someone who's 200 pounds or yes. more loses so much weight in their first week and the diminishing returns continue on like that. And then when they stop, if they stop or if they reduce their um, efforts, it cl- gradually climbs back up because that's your body trying to yeah. climb back to this set point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's... That's what I mean about looking at someone. When we fixate on people's weight, what we're really saying is you need to fight your biology to look more like what I mm-hmm. think you mm-hmm. should look like. When actually you're like, I know my body best. I know what my body wants to be at. Your body is pretty much kind of telling you. Yeah. If you want to fight it for the rest of your life, go with God. <laughs> to me, doing that ha- was hell on earth. Mm-hmm. It was a daily thing. You had to, because you're fighting your body all yeah. the time. Yeah. It, to me, yet embracing what my body to me is meant to be has been a much easier path for myself. Now, obviously, we're all on a, you know, like, I mean, sure. I could change my mind tomorrow. But, but you know what I mean? But it's just an interesting thing to hear the science community go, like, this is what happened when the most extreme weight loss, which we consider to be the healthiest mm-hmm. for these people. These people are now like, this guy, 800 calories less than the average person he has to, average male he has to eat in order to just maintain mm-hmm. what other people would call an unhealthy weight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like I have to say, like if this is the part that is the the, the part that kind of drains me kind yeah. of, you know, in terms of positivity and hope because what I feel is that, you know, because of what we've learned about like weight cycling from our pal Yo-yo Christy Yo-yo dieting Harrison, and yeah. You know, it's that like at one point our bodies were in this kind of state of let's say there is this set point and it's like oh mine and yours is that little bit higher than Mm, the average person mm, for mm. whatever reason and that's going to fluctuate naturally but then at a certain point possibly in our teens or our 20s we messed with it we fuck with it but because of these external things because of TV shows like this because of nowadays social media because of um, comments and social pressure and and, and internal pressure you know and then next thing we know we are playing this crazy game of catch up for the rest of our lives that's it you know as Christy Harrison said yo-yo dieting Mm -hmm. is um, more detrimental Mm -hmm. to someone's health than weight ever was so and the problem is, because we never allow fat people, heavier people, yeah. chubby people, whatever, whatever, to be themselves, we can't actually study a heavier person from when they're, you know, in their childhood to adulthood because we have made them diet. So yo-yo yes. dieting is now part of the life. So we don't know We've sort of what, corrupted the system. Yeah, like. so you can't actually get yeah. someone as almost like a, I know it's terrible, but like as almost like a, a, spe- a specimen sure. and study them yeah. because diet culture gets in there straight from away. From such a young age, yeah. exactly, yeah. This is going to be a very quick medical community reaction okay. to The Biggest Loser. Dr. Ed Tyson, okay, here's what he said. Contestants are absolutely at a greater risk of developing eating disorders as a result of being on the show. He's an eating disorder physician in Texas. It's very high risk, he says. Viewers of the show described Rachel Fredrickson, as I said, who lost 60% of her body weight, as looking anorexic. This doctor said, they are criticising this woman yeah. for doing exactly what the mm-hmm. show wants Oh, now to she's do. too thin. She was too fat a minute ago. Now she's too thin. They criticised her for being obese, then criticised her for losing too much weight. She felt shame both mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. Tyson also spoke of the dangerous condition called refeeding syndrome, which is a potentially fatal shift in fluids and electrolytes when malnourished people start to eat again. So this is the thing that I want to just very quickly point out. The people on the show or anyone who's dieting would actually mm-hmm. at times be considered malnourished. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are literally malnourishing your body yeah. of what it needs. Tyson said, it is a miracle. It is miraculous no one has died yet. Quick studies. A 2012 study published in Obesity found that watching a single episode of The Biggest Loser generated significantly higher levels of dislike of people with obesity. 
So watching The Biggest Loser mm. essentially made you dislike obese people more. Which is, brings us full yeah. circle to what you were saying about watching it yourself as a young, heavy person. Yes. Disliking the people, disliking yourself, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and very quickly, I'm going to end it on this. The, the, the funny thing is, I could keep going on. I've done so much wow. research on this. Wow. There's so much to say about it. But Dr. Yoni Fred Fredoff, a physician specializing in obesity, told The Guardian, this is the most visible and influential show on weight loss ever. It's more powerful than any public health message. It is more spectacular and seductive and it is, it is the most god-awful dangerous thing to happen to weight management in history. <laughs> and I'm going to end on that quote Amazing. from him. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fad Camp. As always, we want to thank our producer, Darren Lee. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Great ratings and reviews really help more people find the show and it would mean a lot to us. Make sure to share the episodes with friends and family or on your social media. Every listen helps. And we absolutely love hearing from our listeners. So please get in touch with any of your diet stories on fadcamppodcast at gmail.com. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.